Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Come on. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NFL. Here's the snap. Brady, play action fake, dropping, dropping, flushed out of the box. Looks toward him. Throws the ball. Caught ball at the five. Antonio Brown, touchdown Tampa Bay. He made the catch, did a pirouette at the five, and dove into the end zone. And the Bucs take the lead at 13-7. to seven. Wide to the left is Evans. One back set. Here's the snap. Follows the block. Touchdown. Easy pickings for Leonard Fournette. His second touchdown of the game. Fournette is the running back. And his quarterback keeper by Tom Brady. Six, six foot four inch Tom Brady. And he gets the first down. Highlights from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win over the Philadelphia Eagles 28-22. Bucks were up 28-7. Eagles got back in it, but when Tampa Bay had to move the ball, get first downs, and kill the clock, they did it. Tampa Bay improves to 5-1, one of the NFL's elite teams. Tom Brady closing in on 600 touchdowns. That seems inevitable. He only needs two more. The Bucks, they're a machine, PK. They keep rolling. Are you talking about 600 passing touchdowns? 600 passing touchdowns. Oh, okay. Big games this weekend. You like the 4-1 and Ravens or the 4-1 and Chargers? They're playing in Baltimore, 11 a.m. Early game on the CBS uh, doubleheader. Actually, tripleheader because there's a game from London this week. Yeah, it should be a good game. I expect it to be... High scoring, maybe both teams in the 30s. Seems the way they've been playing that that would be a good pick to make right there. The The Ravens have uh, not only the traditional passing game, but they're throwing the ball out of their, uh, their RPOs, their run-pass options, these short little flicks. It seems unstoppable. It seems like Lamar Jackson... I know the Raiders got him in a bizarro game, and it took some turnovers, the season opener on the road, and... New stadium and the crowd all going nuts, and they lost in overtime. And since then, Ravens haven't been beaten. I, I find it hard to pick against them. Okay, don't pick against them. The NFC East is your division. The Cowboys only have one loss. They got the Patriots coming in. You like your Cowboys? Sure. <laughs> yeah, How about your undefeated well. Cardinals? You got multiple teams. I'm assigning you everybody. Your undefeated Cardinals to stay perfect, or the Browns are going to be the team that brings them down? I would think the Browns get them this week, yeah. Somebody's got to at some point. Sunday night football game. Two teams that have been good for a long time, but are off to shaky starts now. Seahawks and Steelers. You like somebody to get healthy in this one? Well, obviously, Russell Wilson's out, so I would probably go with Pittsburgh. But on further review, I'll probably go with baseball. (laughs) Nice. And the Packers and the Bears, ancient rivals. The Packers haven't lost since week one either, like the Ravens lost the open, although their loss was decisive week one, and the Ravens just barely got beat. But they lost week one, and they've been money ever since. I'll go with the Pack. DJ and PK, there's a little NFL for you. How about some college football? Hashtag BYU. 
as a leadership group, we, we just need to make the vibe seem like it's not a season ending thing, like the season's not over. You know, we still have seven games to play. And so, I mean, if we get on them and say, okay, it's in the past, let's learn from it, let's look forward, then we'll be all right. That is Gunnar Romney on BYU's mindset as they go to Baylor to play the 5-1 and one Bears. Baylor, a six-point favorite. Do you think BYU is going to be able to crack that Baylor defense, which has looked really good? Do I? Yes, I think they'll have some success scoring the ball. To what degree remains to be seen, but I think they should put up at least 24. That'd be a good number. This is a defense. 29 is the most points they've given up all year. Cougar pregame show starts at 12.30. JCW's in Provo. Game kicks off at 1.30 tomorrow on ESPN. We will have more on BYU coming up later this morning. Right now, more college football. Hashtag Hashtag Utah State. Uh, the games are spread out nicely if you want to follow the locals. BYU plays at 1.30. That should wrap up about 5 o'clock. And that's when Utah State kicks off at UNLV, 5 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. The Rebels are 0-5. They have played a, some close football games in there, but come on, 0-5. This has this got bounce back for Utah State written all over it. Coming off a couple of losses and then a bye week. Feels like 4-2 and two for the Aggies in midseason. I think it's important for them, obviously, to get this game because then it sets themselves up to where they can have a string of victories here. The rest of the teams uh, on their schedule, none of them look overwhelming. Uh, CSU next week's been up and down. A nice win over San Jose, and but obviously that's beatable. It's at home. Uh, and then you got a bunch of average teams at best. San, uh, Hawaii, New Mexico State, uh, Wyoming, New Mexico. So, I mean... I could argue that they could win out, which would be phenomenal in Blake Anderson's first season. I don't know that they will win out. I'd probably bet against it because things happen on given Saturdays, right? But the opportunity is there, and I think that you get this, then you have a real good shot of reeling off a bunch of victories, where if you don't get this, then you could pretty much put, maybe except for New Mexico and New Mexico State, every game in doubt. So the thing about it, and, and you're right about putting together long winning streaks in college football, and you are talking about winning seven in a row, which I would consider a long winning streak. And so weird things happen, injuries happen, but they've got at least some depth at the most important position. They've had two quarterbacks play well this year. That's a position that will often hurt a team. The road games don't look that tough, so the games you talk about that – well, this could be difficult. It is at home. CSU's at home. Wyoming's at home. I haven't watched enough of those teams to know how good they are. They, maybe the, I guess the game at San Jose is the toughest game because New Mexico and New Mexico State on the road. I would think the Aggies win that, just like I think they're going to win in UNLV. So yeah. you're right. This is the game. Get this one, and it could launch you on a winning streak here. Certainly you should win the vast majority of these games, and you might win them all. Right. All right. Let's get to the Utes. Hashtag Utah. You know, I think there's a somewhat of a rivalry, rivalry feel, uh, and we have it with SC as well. But I think really when you've had some close games in the series and, and a little bit of back and forth, that lends itself towards that feeling. 
Yeah, I don't think either one of us would go as far as rivalry, but there is a little extra juice with this one. It's not just another regular season game. And I think the the South games over the North have that just because you get to play them every year. In the North, you rotate out. and So certainly the stakes for this one, whether there's any history or not, the stakes for this one make it pretty interesting. 8 o'clock, Saturday night up on the hill. Well, yeah, it's for first place. I mean, they'll have other potential games for first place. Uh, with uh, they got the Bruins in a couple of weeks, maybe that could be for first place. But we know this is right now for first place, so that's all you need to say. Doesn't matter that it's ASU; it could be whomever in the South. It happens to be the Sun Devils this year, and it's for first place. Devils coming in five and one. The loss was to BYU. Who gets first place? Eight o'clock kickoff on ESPN. The U pregame show will start at seven o'clock. You hear that on ninety-seven point five FM tomorrow evening. The Aggie game will be on twelve eighty. The Zone. DJ and PK. Hashtag College Football. College football tonight, we got Pac-12 and Mountain West football. Ninth-ranked Oregon off to a 1-1 start in conference play. Host Cal, that game's on ESPN tonight. Uh, you think Oregon's going to have any problems with Cal? On the surface, it seems like they shouldn't. Cal's 1-4. Well, C.J. Verdell's out for the season. He's their leading rusher. And he's got their leading scorer, leading rusher, and he's gone. So I don't know what surface you're looking at, but... Yeah, uh, let's see what they can do without arguably their best offensive player. Probably not arguably because I don't think your quarterback is all that good. So, yeah, I think it uh, has the potential to be uh, a difficult game. 24th-ranked San Diego State plays San Jose State. Mountain West game, CBS Sports Network. That one's at 8.30. San Jose, the defending champ in the Mountain West, but uh, off to a rocky start here this year. And ESPNU has Weber State at Montana State tonight in the Big Sky. Good for Weber to get the opportunity to play on television like that. That's pretty cool for them. Big games tomorrow. Kentucky is off to a great start, but 11th-ranked Kentucky is going to throw themselves up against number one-ranked Georgia, a machine that's been grinding up everybody and spitting them out. See if Kentucky can keep the magic going against Georgia. That's 1.30 tomorrow on CBS. Oklahoma switching quarterbacks. You like the fourth-ranked Sooners against TCU? That's ABC at 5.30. Sooners trying to avoid the letdown after the uh, big comeback win over Texas. You're speculating. Lincoln Riley has not announced that. Like, he shut down all and media don't access. Don't you dare get binoculars. When <laughs> students went up in a building and spied on it, and he shut down access the rest of the way. So, unless you have some inside information, you don't know who's going to be the quarterback. 25th-ranked Texas will try to bounce back from the loss to Oklahoma. They're playing 12th-ranked Oklahoma State, 10 a.m. on Fox. So, you BYU fans trying to get ready for the Big 12, you got a good Big 12 game at 10 a.m., you got the BYU-Baylor game at 1.30, and TC-Oklahoma in primetime at 5.30. Big 12 football everywhere. Yeah. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Pelican star Zion Williamson will miss the start of the regular season. A right foot injury that required off-season surgery. David Griffin, vice president of basketball operations, says there's no fixed timeline on Zion's return to play status. Doctors are encouraged by the way things are going, 
But we don't have any dates yet. No Zion, you're going to have less pelicans on your TV, I assume, slash hope. They say our love won't pay the rent before it's earned. Our money's always spent. And you may ask, why am I singing that? Because if you watch the movie Groundhog Day, that's what's playing every time Bill Murray wakes up. And when you mention the Pelicans, you always mention Zion Williamson is not playing today because of injuries. This is a never-ending story. It's the same thing over and over again. All right, cue that song up. Get ready to sing again, PK. Here we go. Kevin Durant (laughs) says he wishes none of this stuff would happen. That's the quote. None of this stuff would happen. But he's not upset that Kyrie Irving is not with the Nets currently. Definitely, I want Kyrie to be around. I want our whole team together. And it wants to be at full strength. But sometimes, it don't work out that way. But I'm still positive things will work out the best for both parties. Closed quote. Okay. Reasonable. Cue the music. Yeah. <clears throat> I think they're still very good without Kyrie Irving. But, obviously, you'd rather have your whole team. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Here comes the 1-2 from Duvall. Lines one in the right center field for a base hit. Turner will score. Lux is on his way to third. Bellinger with the biggest hit of his career has just given the Dodgers a 2-1 lead. 0-2. Scherzer to Flores. Just outside. He went around. Strike three. Gabe Morales, the first base umpire. The Dodgers are going to the National League Championship Series. And the two-strike pitch. Here it is. And that's low. And a, a check swing. It is ruled a swing by Gabe Morales, the first base umpire. And the Dodgers have won the game. The Dodgers knock out the Giants and the best record in baseball. The check swing Giants fans will be talking about forever. And the Dodgers say whatever and head off to play Atlanta in the National League Championship Series. It's over, PK, on a check swing. Good series. That's true. Yeah. Old Gabe Morales, who was born in Santa Clara, right down the road. And he rang him up. That was a bad call, obviously. Yep, bad call. Don't know that it would have been any different, but would have liked to see one more pitch. That was the tense game you were talking about. Every little thing matters, and that was scoreless into the sixth, and they traded runs in the sixth, so the tension was thick. Yeah, they played each other. They were separated by one game after 162. They were separated by one run after five. They played each other 24 times this season, counting the postseason, and the records were 12 and 12, which means they each won 12 games. I don't know that you could get any closer. Unfortunately, that wasn't the National League Championship Series. They had to meet in the Division Series. No reseeding and all of that stuff. Both the wild cards, both knock out 100 or 100-plus win teams. The Red Sox took down the Rays in the American League, who won 100 games. Red Sox playing tonight against the Houston Astros. 6 o'clock on Big Fox, Houston, Texas, Minute Maid Park. Astros seem to be the odds-on favorite, but do the Red Sox have the mojo? It's baseball, McCullers, man. Who has the, I know. Who has and the pitching. You, and you're all about the pitching, and McCullers can't go in game one. They set the playoff roster 
I don't know if they decide anything overnight. I hadn't seen anything last night. They have to decide by 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. our time, whether he's going on the postseason roster. He had forearm tightness last time out. Well, yeah, I don't think he would pitch. Last time out was last game, so I don't think he would be pitching tonight. Uh, so um, I don't know about later on in the series. Despite winning 17 games in a row, the Cardinals have decided to change managers. Mike Schilt fired. Philosophical differences cited. Thanks for getting us to the wild card game. But you're out. He led him actually to the postseason three times. Seems harsh. It does. But big money, win now. They're moving on. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. Two weeks off for an international break. RSL back at it. Six games left in the season. They're playing the Rapids. Third and final meeting. They've split the first two. Both teams, one at home. 7.30 Rio Tinto Stadium Saturday night. And RSL in a really tight race to get into the playoffs. They got a little breathing room. But not much going into this. They got three home and three road to finish the season. The stretch run is on now. All right. DJ PK, that is what is trending. The headlines are brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801 295 1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up. The question of the day, hot takes or toast, big games this weekend. Your pick's on the way. Stay with us. DJ and PK, we're broadcasting live this morning. We are at Marley's. We have been here before. We will be here again. Hopefully you have been here in the mornings. They've got bottomless French toast. They got bottomless pancakes. They normally open at 8 o'clock in the morning. But for us, they open a little earlier here, here at 7 a.m. The doors are open. You can stop by, grab breakfast, lunch and dinner. They'll have their fantastic sliders. Personally, I'm partial to the fajita. I like the tri-tip. But try the Lex, the classic. They've got a wide range of sliders here, plus shoestring fries, gourmet salads, it's right off the freeway. Go west off the 1600 North exit, and it's right there inside Tippinogus Harley-Davidson on the west end of the building. They've got a drive-up window. You can call in your order, pick it up at drive through and it'll be right back in your way, in, on your way in a heartbeat. Marley's Gourmet Slider. Stop by and visit us. You're looking for a jazz T-shirt this morning? You like the yellow? You like the navy blue? You like the orange? It's all here. And their hats. You can rip them off my head. DJ and PK. Stop by Marley's right here. I-15 inland and 1600 north exit. Timpanogos Harley-Davidson will be here till 10 a.m. on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. After a bye week, the Aggies look to keep their Mountain West Conference Championship hopes alive as they head south to Las Vegas for a battle against the Rebels of UNLV. Hear all the play-by-play action beginning with the Aggie pregame show Saturday at 4. 
From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair? It's 2021 and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment or visit www.utahhairmd.com. Question of the morning, who's winning this weekend? Who you got? Scott says, the Dodgers, baby. The Dodgers. The Dodgers. I know. Everett, it's easy to anticipate college football answers, but there are people tied into other teams. The Dodgers. Dodgers over the Braves. I think most people would take that. But Scotty adds the Dodgers, baby. I'm thinking he's a Dodger fan. The college football fans are lining up. So are the comedians. Kevin sends us Charlie Sheen winning. What's he winning at? Kevin. Uh, the game of life, I guess. He is? Sitting on a lot of That's money what you call winning TV Charlie shows. Sheen, all the problems he's had? Yeah, I know, right? Sitting on all those money from TV shows, I guess. I don't know what else they'd be referring to. Well, uh, yeah, I think that uh, big deal. He was born into money. It's amazing how he went into acting when his father <laughs> was a prominent actor. I just didn't see that coming. That was out of left field. Deep left man. field. All Martin the work and struggle of- he had to do. Man, that's incredible that he was able to survive all those hard times. Martin had a little bit of success. Daniel gets right to the question. ASU, Utah State, and BYU. Two out of three ASU, locals. ASU, Utah State, BYU. Okay. So, all right, I got it. Two out of the local. Yeah. Well, that would be interesting if uh, – you know, BYU is the least favorite of the three yep. know, by those odds. Utah State's a seven-point favorite. The ASU game, ASU started as a one-point favorite. Last I saw it was even. Complete toss-up. And BYU's a six-point underdog. Yeah. Steven says Utes, Aggies, and Baylor. <laughs> He just goes right back the other way. As a Ute fan, just going at a Cougar fan. That's what it comes down to. This is really why we wanted these teams out of the Mountain West, right? Big games. Don't know what's going to happen. We knew in the Mountain West they were going to win most of the time unless they were playing each other or TCU. And now Utah State is in the Mountain West, and we think they're going to win. I'm a little surprised the point spread's only seven, to be honest. I know UNLV has played some close games, so maybe that factors into it. But Yeah, I think this is a reflection of how intense this freaking rivalry is between BYU and Utah. you got two people. Uh, they're looking at U- Vegas and Utah State, trying to look at that objectively. And certainly we all think that Utah State is going to win that game. And then we don't look at the other one objectively. We want the other one to lose. Yeah, it's just <laughs> That's the way that is. <laughs> we, did, we really didn't have to get up and look at the responses this morning to know how people were going to answer this, did we? Yeah, because you want them to lose. That's where, where you're at here in this rivalry, for sure. 
and you figure Utah State should beat Vegas, which they should, and then there you go. The logical conclusion is we win and you lose. You lose. That's just <laughs> the only thing the Utes and Cougars agree on. We win, you lose. Exactly. Do you have a better feeling for one game or the other? It's tough, man. It's it's tough to say. Uh, obviously, I've got all <laughs> I gotta sorts of... you got a BYU fan here in Marley's who just pulls his shirt open, points the Y logo on his chest. Yeah, i got a better feeling about this game. <laughs> I don't know that I do, though. I, I, I can't specifically say that. I just, there's just no way I could say that for sure with conclusive evidence. Baylor's good, plus the truth is that I don't know Baylor to the level that I know Utah, ASU, BYU themselves. That will come in time. We will get there. We will get there soon in the next couple years. I mean, we're all uh, in the next summer, and then certainly the summer after that, begin to do strong research on Big 12. And I'm I'm preparing for it. There's no question. Obviously, I'll be watching BYU-Utah. I mean, excuse me, BYU. uh, Well, BYU and Utah, too, but I meant BYU-Baylor. Uh, but I'm also trying to watch as much Big 12 as scheduling allows it right now uh, to be able to get a, a head start on on things because you know we just we see their games we see their highlights to a degree starting now so in two years I'll have that much more knowledge and we can talk about them at a much more, a much higher level than we can right now. So they come in five and one, but I really think even if we were following them intently, even if we were, you know, if BYU had gone in the league a couple of years ago, and so we'd had the ramp up and a couple of years of watching their games, I still think it would be hard to know what happens in this game. Because Aranda's in his second year, everything changes. The COVID year, they had a terrible year, everything went sideways. They changed the offensive staff this year in bringing Grimes, which does give us a certain amount of familiarity just because, you know, we saw him at BYU all this time. But their schedule... They open up with three games they're supposed to win, and they do. And now it's gotten interesting with Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia, and they've gone two and one. And the defense seems to tighten up the act a little bit. So you're really going off three games here. Uh, You wouldn't have a lot of info. I think I would, though, because it's like Arizona, historically, and a rich rod certainly did not play a tough schedule. But I felt I really knew their program. I knew their players. And so even though it wasn't about the scheduling, it was about who I saw last year, who came back, what changes they made. And it does get a little more difficult now these days, no matter who it is, because of the fact of you have grad transfers. And if you bring in 10 guys, seven or eight of them can make significant differences. So I would disagree on that, on scheduling. It wouldn't matter to me as much if I had been following them the way I follow our locals and Pac-12 because there's plenty of teams you that don't play tough schedules. I mean, you can make that case with the Sun Devils. I mean, they were supposed to go at worst 2-1 and one in the non-conference, and that's exactly what they did. So what does that mean? Uh, because once you get into conference games, the scheduling's out the window. So I, I can't go on that because if I have to do that with them, then I have to do that with everybody. I can't just pick out them. 
Baylor's coming off a good win over West Virginia, but West Virginia looks bad. They won their money game, and they beat Virginia Tech, and since they beat Virginia Tech, they've gone 0-3 in the Big 12. Everybody's beating them. So they don't know how much to hang on that with that win for Baylor last weekend. Uh, they, took it to, they took it to West Virginia, 45-20. Yeah, that's my point. Then I would know more about West Virginia, West too. West Virginia. Yeah. It, it, we're just, I'm not dealing from a position of as much strength compared to I am with the Pac-12 where I can not only give you everything about their team, I can give you about every team that they played in the conference. Because I have minimum, I spoke face-to-face to two of their players and their coach during media day. So for all that Pac-12 knowledge, you got any feel for the Arizona State-Utah game? I have tons of feel. I don't know what's going to happen in the final analysis, but yes, I've got tons of feel on these two teams. Sure, there's no question about it. In a lot of ways, they're mirror images of each other. Certainly philosophically, they are. Herm's a little older than Kyle, but Kyle is a reflection of his father, who would be older than Herm, and and which that means. And they're they're both NFL guys. Fred Whittingham and Herm Edwards played in the NFL, coached in the NFL, and they coach each other. They coach their teams in a similar manner. Now Kyle's calling the shots, not Fred, but Fred has had the most dominant influence on his son, and his son will tell you that. I can tell you that when Brian Thompson transferred, he's a receiver at Utah, and he transfers to ASU, I had a coach tell me, why did he do that? He's going to the same program. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we're running the ball too much here. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. So, and that was a coach. I can't, obviously, don't want to give up his name. But he told me that very thing. and Because I, I thought it too. Thought, Why would you go there? I mean, if you want to leave Utah, that's fine. It happens. And people want to leave other places and come to Utah. So you really can't get caught up. As Kyle said, I think this year, the transfer portal giveth and the transfer portal taketh. And he was right, right? So uh, if you replace the players who leave with players who are as good or even better, that's obviously better, but, you know, you can't get caught up in that. And when Thompson left to go to Arizona State, you, I scratched my head thinking, why? That's the same program. And sure enough, a coach literally said exactly the very words that I thought to myself. And why? somebody who That's would the know. the program. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it was funny. I mean, actually, an, it wasn't funny because we all knew it, right? There's an echo in my head. Yeah. So the point being... Yeah, I know tons about these pro- these programs, but because they're so evenly matched, it's almost impossible. I could be the homer either way and go Utah or go to my roots and go the Devils, uh, but it's a pick I thought it would be a pick for very good reason, and I think it is, and so it'll be the little things, you know, who hits a big play. 
who who contains the quarterback in a scramble situation because both of them are capable of burning you when things look covered and you know the the defense the ends get too far rushed up the field and all of a sudden it creates a red sea like opening up the middle whatever it might be you had uh daniels last week against stanford i think he had like a 51 yard scamper for a touchdown and rising obviously he had a touchdown run against the trojans it's uh, we know he can move around a little bit i love the kid's swagger i said that when he was second team this is one of my great calls dj and i am just going to revel in it because i've got plenty of horrible <laughs> calls but i had this one i called this one and so Hold i'm on just going to gonna roll around on it yeah hold yeah. on to it tight i said he had swag and i said he had swag before he even took a snap in a one-on-one interview is the O-line going to protect that well, as well as it did against SC? Because it gives the quarterback a chance to show his stuff. All of a sudden, receivers have time to get open. He's got time. Instead of, you know, San Diego State, he's just running all over the place, trying to buy time, trying to extend plays. SC, man, he's driving back. He's comfortable. He's looking over the whole field. And you can, as a quarterback, you can really shine when you get that kind of time. Well, and that's just it, too. When he didn't get that kind of time, he still made plays, and he's capable of doing that. And he's got this team believes in him. It's really a startling development how quickly he assumed control of the team. I mean, even in the loss to the Aztecs, he assumed control of the team, and it's only grown deeper and stronger and he's, he's made his mark. He's planted his name, image, and likeness on the team <laughs> and the way he's done it. So can he continue that? And the Devils offense is progressively getting a little bit better. Each week, I think you can say, they got one of their key guys back that they didn't have against BYU. Uh, this Diamante Trianum kid is a bowling ball of a running back. He's very, very good. And he wasn't available when they came up to Provo. He's available now, and he's making a difference. They're going to run. If they can't run the ball, they're in a world of hurt. And they both teams have got emerging tight ends. There's no way I know this kind of stuff against uh, for Baylor. Sorry, I just don't. Give me a couple years, and I will. But I don't now, and it has nothing to do with scheduling. It's all about personnel. So because I don't know much about Baylor, that's why the schedule becomes that bigger of a deal. Circle because Curtis, I don't. Circle Curtis Hodges if you're a Ute fan. Big kid, 6'8". Yeah, 21 yards per catch. I mean, it's one yeah. thing to throw the ball to the tight end and get first downs and all that. But 21 yards per catch for a tight end, that is an enormous Number and it's not like it's skewed by one big long you know eighty yard touchdown pass. I don't throw to him that much. He his long is forty eight yards. So he's a yes, big he's kid, an emerging talent. target. Yep, and they're developing and, him in a way that they haven't developed anybody a tight end in a good while. Who was their last great tight end? Todd Heaps. <laughs> I thought you might say that. I'd have to double-check that, uh, but he, he comes to mind. We got poll questions up. Go to, uh, go to my Twitter, David DJ James. You can vote. Right now, the uh, Utes getting 60% of the vote to win Saturday night up on the hill. Baylor getting 57% of the vote to win. 40% think Baylor wins and covers that, uh, that six-pointer. 
So the the comments are taking shots at each other. The voting is uh, a little more optimistic for the Utes right now. I got BYU fans here, and Marley's just looking at me, shaking their head. No, no. Aggies overwhelming favorites, 76% of the vote for the Aggies to win and cover, and 96 for them just to win. Not much doubt on that front. If you want to know how winning is the great deodorant, just a few weeks back we are talking about this impending NCA and some form of penalty that's coming their way against mm-hmm. ASU and how it was going to impact and their season's going to get away. It's going to implode. They had to, the, the, it's unprecedented three assistant coaches off the staff, the tight ends coach who's one of them, and then two guys on the defense. And it's like, oh, my gosh, they're just uh, circling the wagons there, taking on water, blah, blah, blah. Well, now here we are in the middle of the season because they're 5-1. and one, Nobody's talking about it. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't seem to matter as much anymore. But six weeks ago, it was the dominant storyline. Oh, man, they are a sinking ship. And I think they're going to have some penalties, and they still could clean house coaching-wise. Would not surprise me from what I have been he- hearing that uh, has mirrored a lot of it. It's been reported. It's not like I have a ton of inf- inside information. I have a ton of inside speculation but not necessarily fact beyond what's already been reported i'm not going to say that and it was such a big deal and now you really don't hear about it anymore because they're winning and if they lose a couple of ball games well then we'll start hearing about it again that is exactly how it will work 100 percent, spot on but if they beat the Utes, then they're 6-1, and one, and they're 4-0, and oh, and they're in first place, and they've beaten the two teams that look like their best competition in the division. They will be sitting pretty and overwhelming favorites to win. Doesn't mean they will, and you've pointed out if Daniels goes down, where's the experience behind him? I mean, there isn't any. No, that would, they would need the first midseason grad transfer. <laughs> A waiver wire. Midseason grad transfer. <laughs> Well, they've got a kid who's 5'11", like 170 pounds, out of Tucson who came there as a walk-on, and he's number two. Then they got a freshman uh, who has never taken a snap. Yeah, their quarterback room is very thin, which is ironic (laughs) because Daniels himself is very thin. See what you did there. Very clever. Well played. And if he should try his hand at the NFL, they will be in a world of hurt next year if they don't get transfers. But there's no point in evaluating your team the way we used to. Oh, next year's their year. Because with the transfer situation, whether it be grad or undergrad, you just don't know. So get back to me in July as far as that goes. But, yeah, this kid uh, can't afford to get hurt because they have a walk-on and a freshman who was like a two- or three-star himself, if you want to believe in that stuff. So it's all about Daniels, and that's pretty much it. But he's well, playing thing, now, so you don't yeah. have to worry about it. Right. And if they win this, then the only game they'd have left against a team with a winning record would be Oregon State. Maybe some of these other teams that are at 500 have winning records when they get to the game, but the schedule does not look overwhelming for ASU here down the stretch. Uh, I would agree with that on paper, yes, which you can also make an argument that if they lose this game, it's not that devastating because are we expecting the Utes to go undefeated? Probably not. They would need the Utes to lose twice. 
which is not outrageous. If they would go 7-2, and two, that would be a pretty good record. I can't tell you the individual games in which they lose. Uh, so I, th- I clearly think that there's more at stake for the Utes than there is the Devils because of the things you just stated. Although yep. neither clinches it, obviously. It cannot be clinched in the literal middle of October. Just no way. No, it's too early, but Arizona State has played an extra game, and they've beaten UCLA, and it looks like there's three teams in the division that just can't compete for the title. So this is a massive game for ASU to get it done. A massive game. I think for both. I think for both. Yeah, absolutely, for the Utes. You're right. For the Utes, there's just so much more work to be done. they got to play the extra game. They've still got to play UCLA. Uh, They do get UCLA at home, but – you know, for whatever that is worth in a couple weeks. Right. Uh, there, there is still plenty of work to be done. And, and probably because we just have a little more doubt in the Utes after watching a back-to-back non-conference losses, which is ironic because if the Utes had just found a way to pull out that game with San Diego State, if they make the quarterback change earlier, would that have done it? Um, you know, very close to catching the ball and going to another overtime, but they didn't get that done. But other than that, well, they both have the loss in Provo. Remarkably similar seasons, except the Utes dropped that San Diego State. Well, the, the Utes played a tougher opponent. A tougher in, opponent, yeah. Than in, the, in the non-conference than the Devils did. Essentially, yep. that's all that's separating them. Some concocted two-point conversion that you have to go for. I, I, you can't even really call it a two-point conversion because it wasn't after a touchdown. <laughs> two-point play? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, that's it. Exactly. Yes, you're right. It's a two-point play. That's that's so bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, it's one snap. And the difference yeah. is they both they both scheduled a Mountain West team, but ASU scheduled winless UNLV and Utah scheduled San Diego State and it turns out to be in a year when they're nationally ranked and undefeated. Well, so, good for them. Perfect. Good thinking. Yeah. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Coming up this morning, uh, we've got our weekly Friday visit with David Locke. He will stop by. We will hear from uh, David Locke. He is going to join us coming up this morning at, uh, as he tries to recall the time, 9 o'clock, Yuck. 8 o'clock is next. Jordan Simone, Arizona State football radio analyst at 8.30, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's a trip to the Lone Star State for the Cougars as BYU heads to Waco for a massive showdown against Baylor as the Cougars look to knock off a future Big 12 opponent. Catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 1230 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This week's Raider game against the Broncos brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raider debit card. All of the same great features and benefits now with the silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. Well, PK, uh, we saw the list of college football coaching salaries come out. And it made me flash back to the conversation we had with Chad Lewis a couple weeks ago 
about uh, the donors who said, you know, if you get into Power Five, come back and check with us. And, uh, and it's like, well, <laughs> we're in the Power Five. <laughs> it's time to start calling these folks up. The average Big 12 salary, the, the middle uh, is Matt Campbell. They, they don't have a salary for Dave Aranda at Baylor, but they have the other nine coaches' salaries. $4 million for uh, Matt Campbell at Iowa State. That salary puts him fifth out of the nine coaches. That is what BYU is up against as they go into the Big 12. That's a big pile of money. Oh, for sure, yeah. We knew that. I mean, we didn't know it literally, but since you looked at these numbers, now you do. But certainly we knew that uh, ideologically, I guess, that that's yeah. that's where it's at. You know, Kyle is over $5 million to coach at Utah. The discrepancies sometimes can get enormous. I think I, I saw a thing where David Shaw is like an $8, 9000000 million somewhere that's- there. Done me when I saw that. Hits number three in the country. And they've got, out of the 130 coaches, they've got like 122, 123 salaries, something like that. A couple of the military academies then will have a handful of private schools. Yeah, the only thing I could think on that is they're factoring cost of living because obviously he's living in an extremely high area in general. Then specifically, mm-hmm. he's even living in a higher area yeah, than right. the rest of the area. Yeah, the Bay Area is really expensive, and Stanford's are kind of in the southwest corner of the Bay Area, and that's the most expensive part of the Bay Area. Yeah, right. Exactly. Maybe, maybe in the city proper, you know, it, but that's super expensive because you're down there by all the big dot-coms and the tech and the high salaries. So well, if I had to pick anywhere in that area, I would pick exactly where he is because that's going to get me the best weather. It's not going to be winter Every day in the summer. It's summer, right. Exactly. You know, <laughs> That's it, so true. Yeah, you can. It's, it's literally the only place that I've been in in the U.S. in the summer where I get hot chocolate. You go to Giants games, you go at night, oh, it yeah. could be July, and you get hot chocolate. It's, it's, it's a fact, right? We, we know that. And so you get down there in that southwest area of the Bay Area, and it's just absolutely beautiful. And yep. 75, 80 degrees maybe. So it's just gorgeous. So th- that's what I was wondering because, man, he is making a ton of money, obviously. So you're wondering, was that part of the deal there? I don't know if it is, but nevertheless, he's making a ton of money. And these guys are making tons of money, yeah. And so Kalani, you know, that's the reality. He's going to continue to win, hopefully for him and his, pro- for him and his program. And then somebody's going to take a look at him. I would imagine I've never interviewed him for a job, but I would imagine he's a great interview. <laughs> Because he's so personable. He's just a he's a touchy feely guy. He is a people person. He likes people. He likes talking. Doesn't matter who it is. And so you're gonna come away impressed. The point being, he's going to have other opportunities. And then it's gonna be up to him to decide what he wants for his family, and it's gonna be up to BYU to see how much of a difference they can make up. I don't think literally they made to make up the entire difference, but they're probably gonna to have to make up some. And I have a level of confidence that they will the bottom of the big 12 kansas is paying their coach 2.8 million the top of the big 12 oklahoma's paying their coach 7.8 million four millions the middle number 
Chad Lewis, two weeks ago, you knew they already had a pretty good idea, and you could hear in Chad's voice when he was talking about what they had to do as far as fundraising at the Y as they get ready to go into the Big 12. All right, DJ and PK coming up next. David Locke, his weekly visit, the Jazz opener on Wednesday. Where does Butler fit in the rotation? We will talk with him coming up. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're broadcasting live from Marley's today. One of our favorite remotes stopped by, located just off I-15, 1600 North Exit in Linden. We're inside Timpanogos Harley-Davidson. They got the drive through You can call in an order. The drive throughs on the west end of the building. Pick it up. You'll be right back on the road and on your way. They do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right now, they got bottomless pancakes, bottomless French toast. Got the whole breakfast menu here, breakfast sliders, ham, bacon, sausage. You can stop by right now, be in and out in a minute. Coming up at lunch and dinner, a wide range of options. Personally, I'm all about the fajita slider. I love the tri-tip. But they've got a half dozen different ones. The killer is wildly popular. The Lex is very good. I've done that. And a reminder here, their burgers, they buy local grass-fed, locally raised beef, no hormones, no antibiotics, maximum taste. Stop by Marley's Gourmet Sliders, located just off I-15, 1600 North Exit. Go west inside Harley-Davidson, the Timpanogos Harley-Davidson. It's Marley's, and we'll be here till 10 a.m. on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Stop by, pick up a jazz T-shirt, and we've got one jazz jersey, a collector's item. PK, I want you to think about what player this might be. Only you will figure it out. It is quite odd. So that's your clue, and we'll work on that with David Locke next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.